Thank you so much and welcoming our community tonight. So thank you so much. So Angelica, are you here? I am here. <laughs> and you have a voice. This is good. You. <laughs> I love it. And so how was your week, Angelica? Well, intense and full. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way of saying it. I agree with that. Last week, we heard from you with the heart of the I would say the heart of the message. It was the message, but the heart of the harvest. And I really enjoyed the your program that you gave each one of us. And I was actually practicing some of that this week because of my test tense moments that I've gone through myself. So I appreciate your teaching last week. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And our brother, Dr. Rick Chef, how are you tonight? I am good. Thank you, Padre. Great to be here. Looking forward to your presentation, The Unexpected Harvest. That ought to be intriguing. So looking forward to what the Holy Spirit has inspired you to share with our community. And this is the second of the three. Next week, I, Padre Paul, who will be, what is mine? The Multiplying your harvest. So you get to cash in next week if you tune in. So, but I just want to bless each of you and just say thank you for being on this teleclass because I really believe we will learn inner and then the outer, the expression of that. Angelica, could I offer you to open up with prayer tonight so we just gather that energy and allow that grace to carry us? Yes. So I would like to say a prayer from the Kata Upanishad, a sacred text from ancient India. That which is awake in us while we sleep and shape in our dreams the objects of our desire, that which is awake in us, indeed is pure, that is Brahman, God, and that verily is called the immortal. All the worlds have their being in that, and no one can transcend it. That is the self. And with that, I would like to add just blessings to the presenters and all the participants tonight that we fully receive the harvest that God has in store for us with every cell of our being, with all our hearts, all our spirit, and all that we are. Thank you. And so it is. And so it is. Amen. That was a very special prayer. Thank you. I love that. I like the originality or the flavors that Celebrating Life each bring, because we all come from a different source of spirituality. So I just embrace those beautiful reflections of who God, the universe creator is. So thank you very much, Angelica, for that. You know, our purpose of bringing these Zoom classes to your home is to number one, bless you, but also bless the environment, your family, your household, your workplace. Hopefully it will go beyond your quote limitations and beyond the scope. Because for me, it's like, I want to put on the eyes of the creator, eyes of Christ for me. And so if I can see beyond what's in front of me, I can bless what's around me. I had a testimony of a, a person that I felt to have a conversation with last Saturday. And after the conversation, I just said, I feel God is going to have favor on you and your family. I said, in the next week, two months, but I feel it's there. And it has to do with abundance. Two days later, which would have been Monday, I got a text that says, guess what? I just received in the mail $5,000. It's like Jeopardy. You know, it's like 
you, you got the, God is faithful. We're talking about the harvest blessings. And it's really, it's about being in the flow. And I can't say I brought it about, but I felt it in the field. And so as speakers, as teachers, you just need to say what the Holy Spirit is saying. And so on her behalf, I'm so happy for her and her family. And won't we all be blessed by that amount of money this week? I don't want to prophesy it, but take the blessing if it's there, because grab it while it's live. But I just say, thank God. But this is to me what these halls are, these teleclasses, open up our hearts, our minds to the more, because there's so much the Creator loves to give unexpected blessings. So without further ado, again, Dr. Rick, share with us what God has on your heart tonight. Thank you very much, Padre. So let me now begin with the presentation here. And yep, let me, all right. So Padre, you asked me to, to participate in this particular series of Harvest Blessings. And then you gave me the assignment to speak on the unexpected harvest. <laughs> and I yeah. said, okay, let me go into prayer and meditation and seek inspiration. And this is what came in. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a, do a money doll. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a real live chia <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. dog, okay? <laughs> and I just went, okay. I think we're going to need humor to deal with the <laughs> unexpected harvest. So, yeah. so now let, let's go on. But before we start going into the unexpected harvest, I think we need to contrast it with what we'll call the expected harvest. And that's what you and Angelica have been, we'll talk about last week and next week. I loved Angelica's presentation last week. And in the Jewish tradition, the expected harvest is celebrated with the holiday of Sukkot, also known as the Feast of Tabernacles. And some of you remember when we celebrated or shared some of the traditions of Sukkot, Miriam, Mina, Kelly, and I, in the November retreat last year, and we invited everyone into a sukkah, which is a temporary dwelling meant to be created out in the fields for us to dwell in during this time and, and to receive blessings there. And, and it's important to, for us all to pause at this harvest time and recognize that the development of agriculture transformed the experience of humanity on this planet. We went from an experience of scarcity to an experience of abundance. And the harvest is the time of greatest abundance. And that's why the most important holiday in ancient biblical times is Sukkot, and it is a time of gratitude to God. And there's a prayer in the Jewish tradition that we recite at every important occasion. And I'd like to begin our time together tonight with that prayer, it's called the Shehekianu prayer. And those who are familiar with it may wanna chant it with me. This prayer has been recited it was, it's been in the Talmud, so it's been recited for 1,500 years on all important moments of gratitude to God. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Shehekianu 
Vikimanu Vihigyanu Lahazman Khaze Amen. Blessed art thou, Lord our God, sovereign of the universe, who has sustained us and enabled us to enabled us to reach this moment of joy. Amen. So that's the expected harvest, and we have gratitude for the expected harvest, as we should. But that's not what Padre asked me to talk about. He asked me to talk about the unexpected harvest. And so when I sat with it, it really felt like there are two types of unexpected harvests. One, we're going to call the serendipitous harvest. It's a moment that happens, and it wasn't expected. And I'm going to have to share one of the most important serendipitous harvest I experienced in my life. And it looks like this. So th this woman shows up in my life and, and it's like, how could you say no to this, right? Well, I almost did because we were and are so different and how these pieces fit together was really challenging. And I mean, the, the, the most, it's sort of a, a, a and a, a classic sort of the paradigmatic example of this was that every time I would see her early on in our relationship, whether she's getting out of a car, coming around a corner or, or, or from across a parking lot, my first thought was not how beautiful she is. Or, it, my first thought was blonde. Am I actually with a blonde? See, everyone in my family is dark. Trust me, the guy in the middle at one point was dark, had dark hair. And their mother had dark hair. And every woman I had ever dated had dark hair. And it was just like, really, is this what's come into my life? And in spite of the challenges of trying to make our differences work, we both had a sense that this was a cosmically arranged relationship and eventually marriage. And it was up to us to figure out how to make it work. And eventually we did. But what I didn't know would come from this serendipitous harvest, what I was gifted through saying yes to Virginia, yes to the serendipitous harvest, was that she gifted me, not just with celebrating life ministries, she gifted me with God. She gifted me with an intimacy with the divine that I never thought possible. And I'm so grateful for that. And, and because of this, I had my own experience. And in 2002, at a Celebrating Life Ministries retreat, Ron Roth invited us to enter into a spirit-directed life, to let spirit take over our lives. I had trouble with the G word back then, God, but I could, I could work with spirit. Today, I, um, I, I can work with God too. But, but back then, it was like, okay, if he says it's a spirit-directed life, I, I could do this. And I asked in 2002 to be baptized into a spirit-directed life. And that has led to the the, the harvest from this unexpected harvest has just grown deeper and deeper every year. And I am in such gratitude for that. 
So now let me turn to you, Padre, and to you, Angelica, and ask if there was an example of a serendipitous harvest in your life in which you, it, it was not what you expected and you said yes, what you had to do to say yes, and what did that ultimately mean in your life? I like it. Angelica, you can go first. I'll be the gentleman here. <laughs> <laughs> For me, in 2006, I went to India to the Oneness University and I went there to get enlightenment. <laughs> And I had no idea. But at the end of the course, I met some people that were from the Ron Roth group. Mm. And it was Klaus and Gundi and some others. Mm. And they had heard me sing for Bhagavan in Amma because I, mm. I was graced with the opportunity to sing there for hundreds and hundreds of people. And they asked me if I would want to sing for Ron Roth. And I said, sure. But I had no idea it was the day after I got back from India with incredible jet lag, I had to drive home for four hours from the airport and then drive right back, pack my stuff, come, come right back to the Bay Area. And I got stuck in traffic. I got there really late. But I got ushered to the stage. I was in a tizzy. And of course, as soon as I sing, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm connected to the divine. And then after that program, Padre Van Ross gave me a personal blessing for the music. And he said, but if you ever use it for anything but God, I'm going to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, no worries. You know, I won't sing in a bar. I, I, I've, only, I've only known music for God. That's the only thing I do. And then, ever, then I was invited to come to the retreats and offer, share music and presentations at the CLM retreats, even after Ron had passed. And it has been this incredible gift that, had, that kept on giving and still keeps on giving. I am still a part of this incredible community. And I notice how all of us are growing and maturing together, supporting each other's journey. So that, that harvest keeps on giving. And what I had to do is to surrender to the process, show up fully, and keep saying yes, even when the going got difficult at times. And here we are. Thank, Thank you. you. And we are so glad you are here with us. Wow, what a gift to us. <laughs> I can't imagine my life without all of you. I just can't. <laughs> That's great. And Padre, how about you? I want to follow with Angelica, the follow through on that first meeting that we've had. And I know you did come late and you didn't score any points with Ron Roth on that one, just to let you know. But in the end, you sold out all your tapes that day, yeah. you know, which was a first for you. And it's like, there's that God that the overflow when you're in the right place at the right time. And it's incidental or incidentally, Rick talked about Ron meeting Ron baptism and you're talking about Ron and my story's on Ron. So I guess he's, he's yeah. here tonight. Anyway, my serendipitous harvest would have been uh, Ron Roth. Carolyn Mace asked Ron Roth to do a conference together. So he agreed upon it. It was one of his first ones. And part of the deal was, can I, Paul Funson, bring my bookstore? Because I always did Ron's conferences. And the, that, the conference person said, okay, we can do that. Um, and so I said, well, how many tables can I have? And they go, well, how much stuff you got? <laughs> well, to their surprise, it was, uh, this time it was small, but I had three, four large tables. And they were kind of like, really? You're going to bring all that? And I brought cash registers. So they never seen such a thing. At the end of the conference, they asked me, 
do you do other people's conferences? And I go, I can. And they said, well, we'd like to hire you for all our other conferences. And it's like, what? And, and the blessing came and it's like, but being with Ron Roth and that's when he was just coming out of the priesthood, all my products was really just Christian. So they asked me, could you diversify a little bit? <laughs> yes, I could. And, but in the end, then I actually worked for Carolyn Mace for her, specifically for her conference for 10 years. And that was a blessing upon a blessing upon a blessing. I've always said that God would take care of me. And that's what Ron would tell, tell me. <laughs> and I actually believed it. And in the end, it, the, the blessing that happened, it really put me in the flow of God and also finances. So you just never know when the blessing is going to show up. And then it multiplies. So, and I, I just appreciate all two of you being on this call because we all have these flavors or blessings from the divine. And once we look back, we can say, oh my God, God was in control of my life. So thank you, Rick, for this introduction and invitation. Oh, thank you. So I want to add one, one more thing, Padre. You said, you know, I sold all my tapes, which was a first. But what I hadn't told you is I had spent my last penny of everything I had in India. And oh. I came back after six weeks without work, without prospects. I had no idea how I was oh. going to be taken care of. And I, then the next day at Ron hmm. Roth's event, they all sold. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. So, yes. So one example, you know, one type of, of unexpected harvest is the serendipitous harvest and, and that we have the courage to say yes, to go zigzag, oh, my life's going this way instead of that way. Can we get the nudge, say yes? And that's great. But what about the second type of unexpected harvest? And this is the unwanted harvest. And the unwanted harvest can take many, many different forms. In my life, I went through divorce. It broke my heart. Anyone who has gone through a breakup of a relationship knows that pain. It is very much an unwanted harvest. But yet an even deeper pain for me was the pain of my children who lived through that. They were nine and five when we separated. Those two beautiful young men you now see were in such pain through that time. And their pain was more, my pain because of their pain was so much greater. For many, the unexpected harvest comes in the form of an illness. And this is something we learned from Vitska who said, that one of the Medjugorje visionaries who said all illness is an opportunity to come closer to God. So how can we be with this unwanted harvest of a terrible diagnosis or a poor prognosis or a scary future because of this? And many of you know this has been personal for me because Virginia has lived through these and she's shared this with our community. And the older I get, I get my version, but she does it big and it, it really is when it happens, it's an unwanted harvest. And of course, now the earth is on fire with, with the tragedy of what human beings have done to our planet. We have forest fires, we have hurricanes, we have floods that are at, at such an extreme today. 
and these are very much an unwanted harvest. And the question was, how will we be with an unwanted harvest? And, and Padre, you've talked about this and we've talked about this. And of course we have the, the, the chaos in our political environment today is such an unwanted harvest. In our lifetime, did we ever think our democracy would be threatened? The very rule of law would be threatened. And for many of us, we had another unwanted harvest. And that was the, the shock, the sense of betrayal when we learned of Joao, who we had held in such a beloved way, being charged with sexual assault on hundreds and hundreds of women in this precious place that we held with such sanctity in our hearts and reverence, the Casa, became now the manifestation of yet another unwanted harvest. So we all experience these. And I, I think, let, let me turn back to Angelica and Padre again, because I'm going to go into ways to be with an unexpected, an unwanted harvest in a little bit. But first I'd like to hear from you about when in your life did you experience an unwanted harvest? And what did you do in response to that? And what has that meant in your life? I, in 2010, after having spent eight years with my beloved, the love of my life, he needed to be with someone else. And mm. it was very sudden and shocking. And mm. I, I was so devastated. I argued with life. And I thought, definitely God has made a mistake. And I fought tooth and nail and I drove myself crazy, me and others, with suffering, intense suffering. And what I know now, 14 years later, <laughs> having walked a, a path, honestly, but a difficult path, I see it very, very differently. Today, this man and I are best friends. We share a piece of land. We live next to each other and we are like brother and sister. And as it is in the, in the Course in Miracle, it distinguishes between special relationship and holy relationship. We have a holy relationship which is entirely based on truth, no expectations of each other, but everything is freely given. Family support, unconditional love, we've seen the best and the worst of each other, but we are the best friends in God. And I realize now that he actually gave me my freedom because at the time, the love I felt was real, but it was also still trying to fill a part of me that I felt needed to come be filled from the outside and all along i wanted to marry god inside of me and that has finally happened but it wouldn't have happened had he not set me free and had, had he not given me this i couldn't argue with it it was something i had to learn to accept i just didn't do it very easily so what i learned from that when more unexpected harvests come i've built my trust that no matter how crazy and horrible it might look to still say yes and to still surrender and to still say, I don't know why or what this is for, but I will trust that there is a plan unfolding that I can't see yet. So now my process is so much quicker and I've given up arguing with life. I might 
bitch a little bit, but <laughs> I, I won't argue so much anymore because I know better and I've seen through the worst of harvests <laughs> that they turned into gifts. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Angelic. Question, Rick, really great question. Padre. For my unwanted harvest, it might be a little different from most people, but after Ron Roth passed away and I was looking for places to go to do healing services because that's what I knew I could do. And all my efforts was unsuccessful, but the one invitation that was always on the uh, table was Dana Durier asked me to come out to California and he had this class called FSD and I should just come out there and check it out. And I always said, no. <laughs> then finally, when he says, I'll buy your ticket, just come and sit in the class, and which I did. And it actually changed the whole ministry in that moment. And so FSD invited me to come out and do West of Heavens for their group. And it started to become successful. And I was really pleased. And we also did our fall and, fall and spring retreats. And I remember at when I think it was a fall retreat, and it was about two, three years into my relationship with Dana. And since I learned their systems, I, I could understand them and go, you know, this is very applicable to my life. And so FSD people and Celebrating Life people would come together for our retreat. And I made this, uh, not, not anonymous, <laughs> I was speaking from my heart. I made the comment to the whole group. I said, you know, I can feel like ce Celebrating Life and FSD are kind of gonna be a marriage. And to my horror, everybody went, oh, no, we can't do that. And there was opposite sides. Not everybody was where I was and Dana was in our relationship. But being a prophetic person, I saw it coming. I seen what the spirit was doing, but most people did not. And probably for two years, there was this unwanted harvest <laughs> of trying to understand we can't do this. And based on personalities, and they didn't have an understanding of each group. But eventually the Holy Spirit took that. And now today, it, to me, it's one. There's no, there's, not a, there's no separation anymore because we're one heart, one love, one heart. So, and for what I learned from that, even this week, I can choose my words now <laughs> when I speak, even though I know what I want to say, but there's that checks in the balance. And I, I remember having, well, this week I had the, I had an email that had an answer and it's like, I don't really want to answer it because I, I know what I want to say, but I can't say it. So the Holy Spirit was checking me on this. And to my surprise, I sat with it like Rick, Holy Spirit, what do you want? And from there came this beautiful explanation of my response to this person. Mm -hmm. And it was divine. And I couldn't even, I couldn't figure out what that was in my own language. But when I let it flow, it just was created. So I take go back to that one statement I made many, what, seven, eight years ago to what it is today. And it's really about pausing. And yes, I can see what the Holy Spirit wants, but maybe they're not ready for it. So there's that checks in the balance. So and, and Padre, you, you mentioned, you didn't go into this deeply, but certainly when Ron Roth had a stroke, that was an unwanted harvest. And then another one. And yep. then, then a terrible one that really rendered him incapacitated. And you nursed him for yeah. years and yeah. gave your life over to him. That was such an unwanted harvest. And then when he passed, we were aware of the depth and acuteness and, and searing 
quality of your grief. Mm. <laughs> it played out in its full monte during a, a retreat also. I remember yeah, that. I agree. Yeah. I, agree. Yeah. And I didn't even think of that as an unwanted harvest, but you're absolutely true. And out of that, you really, you had your internal process. You weren't ready to step into the mantle of leadership of CLM in the way it was waiting for you. But when you eventually emerged from your grief, mm -hmm. from the depths of that unwanted harvest, the flowering that has happened at CLM has been great. I agree 100%. And that's a beautiful, thank you for saying that because it's a, it's like a journey, like, even Angelica, I agreed upon taking care of Ron. I just heard the Holy Spirit, let go of what you're doing and you just serve the man, serve the, not knowing what the, that consequences would be. But now to where it is today, it was, it was all divinely guided. But it definitely was unwanted because I could have done what I wanted to do. And it wasn't that, it was about serving what was on the plate and Ron was on the plate. So thank you for that reminded and, and for many of us, the loss of Ron, it's like, oh my gosh, founder, there goes CLM. We're going to lose CLM. And, and we couldn't imagine it without Ron being Ron and Ron at the head. He was such a big energy and such an avatar. And, and, and it was all of those. And yet, here we are blossoming, growing, manifesting through that unwanted harvest to something we never could have envisioned. Wow. One of our monks, Renee, it's her anniversary, right. 10 year anniversary. 10 year anniversary. Congratulations, Renee. Yes. And it's like, and so she reminded me that, and she had that picture of her uh, profession from there to now, I think it was 11 for the community and now it's 37. So that multiplication of harvest, that persistence, but the seed was there but it wasn't Ron to fulfill. It was my purpose, at least for these many years, and then it will pass on to someone else. But it's like, it's a beautiful flow that happens. But in between, we have our <laughs> unwanted harvest in between. So. Yes. so now let's move on to the charge that I felt was given to me was to offer something into our community for how to be with the unwanted harvest because we all experience unwanted harvests in our lives. Mm -hmm. And, and as, as I looked into this and said, where do we go from here? Well, there's a Cliff Notes version, okay? Because the answer has already been, been fit on a bumper sticker, okay? Life's the school, loves the lesson. And yes, you can get this as a bumper sticker if you'd like. And there's a lot of truth to this, and, and certainly for our purposes tonight, it's directionally correct. But I think we want to go a little further. Yes, we are here. We come to this earth plane. Many say we choose to be here for what it can do for our development, uh, ultimately to open our hearts to love. And I, I hold in my web of belief that that is, that is truth. But I think there's more we can do, unless we want to end the program now. But I think there's more we can do as we start to think about this and go, let's go deeper. Let's go further than this and see what we can gain. And for millennia, reaching back far beyond recorded history, the most human of responses to an unwanted harvest has been to pray. And this is very much what our ministry 
is about. So ours, ours is a community that turns to prayer, including in the face of an unwanted harvest. But the question is, how shall we pray? And for what should we pray? And as I sat with this, it felt like this question has been addressed by the lights that were at the origin of the world's great religions. And so it felt important at this time, if we're going to sit with how to be with an unwanted harvest, an unwanted harvest has been part of the human condition since we came on the face of the earth. And so let us see what we can do in this time of harvest. Can we pluck the fruit and sip the nectar from these great spiritual traditions? And that is what CLM does. We celebrate all religions. So the, the, the natural human response to prayer in the face of an unwanted harvest that causes such pain is to fall to our knees with a prayer of petition, to ask for it to be other than it is. I have been there when my teenage son was suicidal and shut me out of his life. And I had no way to be with this. It brought me to my knees in prayer. And, and that was what I brought to my very first trip to the Casa and poured my heart, my prayers, my tears into every triangle I could find, every, every moment I could. And as I left there, a miracle happened. I take it to be a miracle and his healing started. And now you see him as this vibrant, loving, and yes, very much alive, beautiful man. And yes, I have gone to my knees in prayer of petition for Virginia's illnesses. This is where it takes me. And yet, that is a prayer for it to be other than it is, whatever the it is. And so now if we turn to the world's spiritual traditions who have wrestled with this as profoundly as possible, I think we can sip some of that nectar now as part of our, our harvest experience. So we can go to the book of Job. And this is thought to have been authored somewhere around the sixth century BC. And if you go back to read the book of Job, it goes under the category, just in case you thought you were having a bad day. Everyone he loves is taken from him through death. And when that's not enough, his physical health is taken from him. And he is lying on a dung heap in, in unspeakable emotional and physical pain. And he cries out to God, why? Why this so unwanted harvest? And eventually, the voice of God comes through the whirlwind and says, who are you to question my wisdom? There is so much more than you understand here. 
and I, I, I hold this, that anything we can reduce to human language, we can tell a story about in the way we make meaning of it as human beings is not God's truth. I have been gifted glimpses of this in my prayer and meditation, but it is so much bigger and more that God's wisdom truly is unfathomable. And the experience of Job, after God has spoken to him, he said, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. He had a direct encounter with God, and he no longer questioned the wisdom of God. So, this is one way to be with an unwanted harvest, is to say, I don't understand. I can't make meaning of it, but I trust that God does. And I put my faith and my trust in God. Another comes from the Buddha. And legend has it, he spent the night under the Bodhi tree, a Bodhi tree. And what was he doing there? He was meditating some would say praying on the suffering he saw, the unwanted harvests all around him. That was what he was encountering at that moment. And in his enlightenment, he recognized three universal truths. The first is anika or impermanence. He said everything, he recognized that everything is impermanent that which is pleasurable and that which is not, that which is a wanted harvest and that which is an unwanted harvest. So do not stay attached to either. The second is dukkha, suffering. This might be the most pessimistic view on the nature of human existence and unwanted harvests, because it basically says all of human existence is a series of unwanted harvests. Even when you're happy, you know that's going to go away and there'll be a time of unhappiness. So even while you're happy, you don't feel happy. So there's, there's suffering at every turn. This is the nature of human existence. It is filled with nothing but, if you will, unwanted harvests. And the third was anatta, which is no self, which is there is no self, no being that is going to suffer an unwanted harvest. And this was you know, in direct, if you will, conflict from the, the Hindu tradition of Atman, from the Vedic wisdom tradition, that there is a soul. And he said, there is nothing that really is a self. Now, we obviously don't have time tonight to delve into that particular controversy, but if we just take it as his his one of his ways of, of approaching this state, there is no being that is suffering. There is no self. And we will come back to that later. But then what is the way out of suffering? And this became known as his fourth, if you will, universal truth. So sometimes it's described as Buddha's three universal truths and sometimes four. So his fourth was the way out of suffering is the eightfold path. And again, we don't have time tonight to go into all of it in depth, but, but let's at least touch on each of these to see what we can bring into how to be with an unwanted harvest. The first is right view, which is what the three noble truths were about. The second is right intention. What is our intention? And this is where, from the perspective of the Buddha, all life is equal. All life is to be valued. And so 
our intention is to hold that to honor the value of all sentient beings. And you now the intention here is that our desire. And now he's saying we need we desire not to desire. That's not the right intention. And, and again, we don't have time to explore that in depth what desiring not to desire may take us to. But here's the alchemy we're invited into, which is that if we take the right view on the nature of existence, the three noble truths, and adopt the right intention to honor all that exists, then through that, our desire will melt into right intention. That is not truly desire, desire for it, the world, the experience, the unwanted harvest to be other than it is. Right speech, to put a governor on our words because words have power. and We want to speak in a way that is respectful and, and speaks into the space, into existence, words that are Again, what is our intention behind the words that it can be the highest possible? And right action. This is that we act in a way that respects the value of all that is, including ourselves, but also the other. And so in the face of an unwanted harvest to seek guidance and, and discernment for what right action would be in, in that moment. And right livelihood is a way to, yes, we need to earn a living if you're not going to be a beggar, and then to do so in a way that does align with valuing all that exists. And right effort. This is, is there a lazy man's guide to enlightenment? We're all been looking for it, right? How do we, and the answer is not according to the, we need to have the right effort. We set the guidance of St. Benedict. And St. Benedict says, ora et labora, pray and work. This is right effort. And right mindfulness, what do we attend to? Where do we put our attention? And there's a mindfulness and in the face of an unwanted harvest, where will we put our intention at that moment? Into the future, into the fears? Or can we, with right mindfulness, focus on the moment, which is in, in the Buddhist tradition, it is all that exists is the sacred moment. This moment is all that ever exists. And can we be mindful of that? And that requires a concentration, a right concentration. So we are focused on this current moment and only this moment, and being in this moment with right view, right intention, etc. That is the way to be with the unwanted harvest from a Buddhist perspective. And I apologize if I've given short shrift to 2,500 years of further expansion on what the Buddha said or wrote. Uh, he didn't write it, but taught. But that is, that is trying to give us, again, sipping from that nectar. Well, here's another one. And while I speak, I invite you to feel the power, the energy, the divinity coming off of this image, which is an image of Amma and Bhagavan in the center. 
radiating divine light to all of us. And this is a way to be with the unwanted harvest. And if it's fair to say their teaching has its origins perhaps in the Vedas, in the, in the Hindu tradition, as we touch there, as we go to, and they've certainly brought it into today and it's growing and evolving as they now go from the oneness movement to the golden age movement. But how do they teach us to be with an unwanted harvest? And they say, you will feel these feelings, things you don't want to feel. You will feel jealousy, sadness, loss, fear. And what they say is, go into it. Don't try and make it other than what it is. Go deeper into it. And the more you do that, the more you experience when you come out the other side, you will not only find peace, you will find God. I got to tell you, I'm not so good at this one. I'm still working on it. And that's good because they say, and you also get grace so you can pray for help. They say, pray to us, Amma Bhagavan, or to any other intercessory source you would want to pray to. And what should you pray for? And this is very different than the Buddhist answer. They say, be very specific on what you're asking for. Create a very clear prayer for whatever you want the future to be or the thing that you want or whatever with all its specificity and and lay into it and give it us to us and and later and of course then when you're done you let go of attachment to the results but that's a way to be with an unwanted harvest that's different and they teach us that in the face of all the upheavals in the world we are entering into a golden age when the consciousness that we, we in Celebrating Life Ministries are seeking to reach, touch, manifest, share, spread, will be the way human beings are on the face of the earth. And this is wonderful. However, the path to get from here to there, some of us might say, they said a couple of different ways it could happen. And from where I'm sitting, a lot of them look like unwanted harvests. And there's, and I don't know, but if, Coming out of it gets us to the golden age, but what loss, what pain, what suffering happens will be a series of unwanted harvests. And how are we to be with that? Well, if we're looking at unwanted harvests, they cause us to fear. And A Course in Miracles teaches us to choose love over fear in every moment. And as I sat with how to, how to be with the unwanted harvests around us, it, it seemed helpful to share some quotes from A Course in Miracles. So the first is that heaven is not a place or a condition. It is merely an awareness of perfect oneness. That's, that's the oneness movement. That's the golden age movement. That's, that's very much aligned with what Amma and Bhagavan are teaching can we shift our perception? And the Course in Miracles teaches about, it's all about our perception. Can we shift perception? So what we see is perfect oneness. That's a way to be at the moment of the unwanted harvest, shift the frame. See, even while this is happening, oneness is still happening. And in the face of an unwanted harvest, 
to recognize there is no time, no place, no state where God is absent. Therefore, there is nothing to be feared. God is here. Miracles are happening even now. Even though we don't see it with our earth plane perspective, if we shift our perspective, say God is here. And therefore, there is nothing to be feared. But how about if somebody else is really pissing you off? Somebody else is causing your unwanted harvest. And we can name a few people in our lives or in our political world that would fit this, right? When you meet anyone, remember it is, and this, this is what Angelica shared, a holy encounter. As you see him or her, you will see yourself. As you treat him or her, you will treat yourself because they are you. You are one with them. There is no separation in that moment. So when you think they're causing you an unwanted harvest, can you shift a perception? That's another one I'm still working on, okay? Not so good at it in the heat of the battle. But it's an invitation. And speaking of invitations, there's this one. All disease comes from a state of unforgiveness. Now, this one I struggle with, okay? Because this feels really blaming of people who get illnesses. And in case, you, in case you've missed it, I'm married to one. And I, don't, you know, I don't see a lot of blame here for who is having these illnesses. And anyone who has an illness, you say, wait, you mean I caused this? You mean I could just change my perception and this goes away? Let me try that. Yeah, how's it working for you? And, and it's so much harder than it looks. And it feels like it's a blaming the victim. And, and so I really wrestle with this one, okay? And I think there's a whole lot of new age stuff around this all disease comes from a state of unforgiveness that, or, or blaming the victim for it. And so I struggle with this. So here's what I find as a way that is helpful to reframe it, which is the Holy Spirit sees the world as a teaching device for bringing you home, the illness, any other unwanted harvest is a teaching device given to us, gifted to us by the Holy Spirit to help us come home, home to God, home to oneness with all that is, home to choosing love over fear, even when in the face of an unwanted harvest, there is so much to fear from our earth plane perspective. And this will take us into the next step. You have no idea of the tremendous release and deep peace that comes from meeting yourself and your brothers and sisters totally without judgment. Can I do that? Again, I'm working on this one, okay? It's, it's how to be in that moment of unwanted harvest when something is happening. And I wrestled with this when I went to the casa. Can I see this with, without judgment? Well, this takes me to another source that I've been deeply engaging for several years now, the knowledge book. And this is channeled content that came from a channel in 
Turkey. And so in some ways it comes through an Islamic tradition, though it goes beyond Islam and really is a unification of all spiritual traditions in a beautiful, beautiful way. And it says there are two, and it too predicts a golden age, that we are entering a golden age. And at about at the same time frame that Amun Bhagavan are predicting. And the book says there are two prerequisites to enter the golden age. And the first is the work you do on yourself. It is to cleanse yourself. It is to, to look at your own emotions, to do the healing work, to speak with integrity. It is the eightfold path, if you will, to live that kind of life. They call it the fulfillment of religious experience, but it's religious in a small R, not capital R. And, and that is the work to do. But then the second they say is to live what they call the cipher of Mevlana. And Mevlana is another name for the poet we know as Rumi. And, and the cipher of Mevlana says, come, infinite tolerance. Come, infinite love. Come, infinite humility. Now, this is hard. Infinite tolerance. This means whatever we encounter, we see, we do not judge it. We, we, we go to infinite tolerance of this. Again, one I'm working on. But if we can get to, that's that last quote from A Course in Miracles, true acceptance, infinite tolerance of what is and who is and what they are doing, we will have tremendous peace within us in the face of any unwanted harvest. Come infinite love. This is love. Yes, we give this love, but we need to receive this love in overflowing infinite abundance. Come infinite love from the divine. Let us serve as a channel. It's not me that's doing the loving. Let the love flow through me to others, both locally and non-locally throughout the world. And ultimately, in the words we learn from Jesus in, in Love Without End, the book by Glenda Green, when he teaches us, ultimately, love is what we are. And so in the face of an unwanted harvest to be love in that moment, and then infinite humility. The knowledge book teaches us to accept the humility of, of a blade of grass or, or a grain of sand. And again, working on the humility thing, life gives me lots of opportunities for it, but but if we start to think of ourselves in relationship to the all that is, the universe of universes, the, um, the God, and we go, you know, on an order of magnitude, the difference between us and a blade of grass, a grain of sand compared to that, it, we're, we're pretty close. So can we adopt a level of infinite humility? And again, it goes back to the Buddhist tradition of of all of us are equal in value. All that is, is equal in value. So let us come back to A Course in Miracles for one last quote, because it's about stillness. And it says, the miracle comes quietly into the mind that stops an instant and is still. In the face of an unwanted 
harvest. Can you go inward? Can you go to a place of stillness? And this takes me to a book that came to me in the process of preparing over the last few months for, for this sharing. It's called The Impersonal Life by Joseph Denner. Never heard of it, but this is a gem of a book written in 1914. I would say channeled because it is written in the voice of God speaking directly to us. And The Impersonal Life teaches us over and over again, this, this, this is God manifesting existence. And we are manifesting God when we are. And the other is manifesting God. We are all in God. We are God. And it, it is a, a profound exploration of saying, don't take this personally. Your life is not about you. It's about God experiencing God. And that is a profound challenge in any unwanted harvest moment. Not only are we turning it over to God, recognize we are God, we are in God, we are living the manifestation of God, because God is all that is. So I really recommend this. It's actually available in YouTube in an audiobook for free. And I found the words riveting. It takes about three and a half hours to listen to it, and it just was transformational for me. So now let's go to the trip to the Casa, which also was transformational for me. And Virginia and I got to go to the Casa in February of this year. Thank you, Rita Regenball and our community. She brought a trip and we just threaded the needle to get down to Brazil and back just before the COVID-19 pandemic swept over our nation and the world. And this is a photograph of a statue that's in the entity's current room of Jesus with the Sacred Heart. And first of all, a shout out to Grania, who took this picture and sent it to me so I can share it in this program with you. Because this was a very important part of my experience there at the Casa as I wrestled with how to be with this unwanted harvest. Of, of, of the allegations against Joao and my own judgments. And I had many experiences, but, but the one I wanna share now happened my next to the last day at the Casa. And I was in current and I was pre actually preparing for current. And as I sometimes do, I go around and I, I touch or address the various statues there before I go and sit down. And I saw this statue as if for the first time and I recognized the sacred heart and I went back and sat down. And in my meditation, as some of you know, I go through an opening the chakras meditation, I'm getting to the fifth, the sixth, and, and normally I go big, ah, it's great. And I kept getting blocked and I kept getting blocked. And finally I realized I was being redirected back to the heart. And through what I now take to be the help of the entities of light, I felt like I entered the sacred heart of Jesus. Now, when I got there and I was preparing for the two weeks, you know, Bob and Diana have taught us to write your letter to God, ask for everything. And I did. And at the end, it was, what was I asking for? How to be with this? And I asked for something that first came to me 
when I went to Medjugorje and I was standing at the at the the knee of the risen Jesus with the weeping tears coming out of it and and I had no idea what to do and suddenly a spontaneous prayer emerged from me and that's what I then wrote at the end of my letter to God to see as Jesus sees to love as Jesus loves to see as God sees to love as God loves and that's what I put at the end of my letter to God. And that's what I took into current that day. And when I entered into the sacred heart, was gifted with that. I found peace with this unwanted harvest. And in the time since then, actually in the last few weeks, I've had a wonderful time to connect with one of the treasures in our community, and that's Reverend Joe Alfieri. And he shared with me that he had a, another book of poetry coming out, book two, of poetry of the spirit. And he said, can I share something with you from the afterward? And he spontaneously shared this, and he had no idea how it would align with what I was about to speak about. And I said, can I share that tonight? He said, sure. So here's what he wrote in his afterward. This anchored I am presence in each of us has been described by ascended masters as the sacred heart, which is located in a holy chamber near our physical heart area. We can enter this holy chamber at any time by simply stilling ourselves for a few moments and desiring to be in communion with the Father, Mother, God who is always there, we can visit this sacred chamber as often as we like, for it is within us. And this is the resource we carry within us, the God within us, that in the face of any unwanted harvest, this is a resource available to us. And so now, as, as we try to be with this, from Psalm 46, we are told, be still. Again, the teaching from A Course in Miracles, from Psalm 46, and from the impersonal life. Be still and know I am God. So on the one hand, there's the Job answer, God's in charge. This is God's wisdom. And, but on another hand, I am God, because I am part of all that is, and God is everything that is, so I am God. And the impersonal life really takes us deeply into this statement, and how to be with it, and how to experience this as a resource in every moment, including in the face of an unwanted harvest. And when we do, we will go into, we can go into a place inside us, and know all is well. All is well with my soul, even in the face of an unwanted harvest. So let us now, this is my prayer for you, for everyone participating, that you go into that place inside you and know all is well with your soul. So let us end with a prayer, with a benediction a Hebrew prayer, prayer for peace. 
O se shalom bimumav. Uya se shalom. Aleno vea kol Yisrael. Vea kol Yoshevei Tevel. Vimru. Amen. May the one who makes peace in the place that is every place in creation make peace upon us and upon all the world. Amen. Amen. That's so moving. The Jewish tradition, but also the, the heart that you brought with this harvest, the unwanted harvest. What a blessing I received, our community received through your presentation tonight. It really hit to the core of who we are or our experiences, let's put it that way. And this beautifully leads into our prayer time. And what I'd like to do is offer Angelica, then also you, Rick, your prayer intention, and then also a prayer for our community as each one of us listening to the closing here. So Angelica, would you like to lead us in that intention and prayer? One, I wanted to share a prayer from the Bhagavad Gita, a Hindu scripture. I alone am real, looking out from deep within the eyes of every creature. I am the object of all knowledge, father and mother of the world, the source of all things. I am the goal, the root, the witness, home and refuge, dearest friend, creation and annihilation, everlasting seed and treasure. I am the radiance of the sun. I open or withhold the rain clouds. I am immortality and death am being and non-being. I am the self, seated in the heart of every creature. I am the origin, the middle and the end, that all must come to. I am always with all beings. I abandon no one. And however great your inner darkness, you are never separate from me. Let your thoughts flow past you calmly keep me near at every moment trust me with your life because i am you more than you yourself are i received that we received that the essence of who i am that was beautiful and as some of you are already putting your hand on your heart which is a beautiful invitation to receive Thank you, Angelica. Thank you. My brother Rick, your intention and your prayer. Mm. Dearest God, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, all the saints and angels. Come, true healers. Be with us now. Be with everyone on this call, everyone throughout our nation, so in need of healing and coming together. I pray us coming together. I pray us all healing as a nation, awakening in the light and love of truth, the light and love of God. In a flowering of the heart, in a compassion from each to all, 
that fills our world. And I pray this for all humanity, for all sentient beings upon this planet. Amen. Amen. And I pray for all the unwanted harvest that each of you maybe are going through today. And that could be an illness, could be an unemployment, looking for a job, broken relationship, those suffering from COVID-19 and all the caregivers who put their life in risk to take care of the patients. This subject is so perfect because each of us understands that we're walking this walk with God. And sometimes we don't see the, the sun midst the clouds, the darkness, but know that God walks with us. So I'm just going to release the Holy Spirit's presence to lift the veil from any chaos that is you're facing or any challenge you're facing. So you can actually see the, the release. The Father releases the gifts of the angels that actually do the work for healing and reconciliation and bringing in the harvest, the, the abundance that everyone, the favor of God that everyone's looking for in their prayer petition as Rick brought so brilliantly out tonight. I really sense the Holy Spirit's healing immune systems in a dramatic way. That's just a, a little dabaduya. It's really dramatic. You're going to feel a heat. You're going to feel a pulse, maybe even a coolness that moves through it. But right now I feel the Holy Spirit's doing her work with the assistance of the angels. Upcoming surgeries. There are people who have upcoming surgeries. So we just ask the Father's love, just a consuming love, the wrap his, her arms around them and let that healing miracle happen. Financial blessings. Many of you are looking for where maybe your next paycheck is. God is in control of this. If we surrender the unwanted harvest, his presence is there, her presence is there. Headaches, migraine headaches. I really feel the Holy Spirit is diminishing them now. And flu-like flu -like symptoms would just allow, and that will correspond with our immune system just to make it strong, healthy, and whole. Cramps. Many people have cramps right now, so we're just going to allow the grace of God to relieve, restore, relieve, restore. There have been many people in Celebrating Life who sends in their prayer requests on our website. It says prayer requests, and every day our community prays for them. So we pray for all those on that prayer list. It's our, our heart's desire to, and this just came up while Angelica was praying, is I want to pray for the next person that will pass on this call and all those even on our prayer list. That doesn't always come up, but this time it was very strongly that we're going to pray for the next person. And you say, well, I'm not ready to die. Well, get prepared because it could be me in the next hour I could pass. We should not have any fear of death because death is just stepping over into the, the veil that's lifted and get to see God's magnificent love for you as beloved daughter, beloved son. So as you put your prayer intention for the next one to pass in the loving arms of our creator, I just say thank you, God, for this beautiful soul. Prepare the heart, prepare the family, prepare the mind, prepare the community as we pray for them. And we now pray for those who of our immediate family, our children, our parents, our siblings, our neighbors, our best friends, workplace, even in this nation. We just allow your grace 
Holy Spirit, just to pour like honey onto everyone's soul. Let the rains of God, the rain of God, begin to pour and just saturate our souls. Just bring him to divine union. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And pray for everyone who has an incurable disease. Come, Holy Spirit, your power, your might. I just break the I break that in the name of Jesus, the spirit of infirmity. I break its hold through the blood of Jesus right now. And if you permit me, I just want to pray in tongues because there's another utterance that wants to come forth. And it just transcends time and language, but it hits the heart. Muria papare kile fedi de bok shoroko, mila pakar shir kila ba tenderio, mara kila fedi de kila shoroko. Eyes open, clear. Eyes focus, clear. Now, ears open, open. The Yeshu is here. The Holy Spirit is here. The cloud of witnesses are here to minister to you. I just feel this divine wave coming right now. I'm gonna fill your if you're laying on the bed or the couch listening, or just the atmosphere, it's going to get thicker. It's going to get warmer because thy presence, O Lord, is here in your place, in my heart, in your hearts. So come, Holy Spirit. I thank you. All is well with my soul as that song was played. Be still and know I am God. Be still and know I am your God. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for your presence here. I thank you, O Lord, our God, for the beautiful presenters, Angelica and Rick, all our community. I thank you for those who tuned in and set your heart attuned to the divine presence. May Celebrating Life be that container, that vessel that holds your prayers, that holds you in the loving arms, our, our blessed mother, our creator. And as we walk this life together, we can rejoice and celebrate life to the fullest. And may I, as your shepherd, bless you and your family. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in the peace and the reconciliation of God. God bless you. Thank you for being on the call tonight. Love you all. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Angelica, for a beautiful presentation. Sleep with the angels, everyone. We'll see you next week. Don't miss me. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Love you all. Thank you, Padre. Bless you, Thank Rick. You, Angelica.